Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and Realm of the Mist Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. Nothing makes me feel less athletic than talking to Mike Miner, Paralympic snowboarding champion. I learned that he was, in fact, kicked out of college for snowboarding. If you enjoy the show, like and follow The Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. The Life Radio Show is now brought to you in part by the Nurses Guild of Florida, experts in home health care. Go to thenursesguild.com for more information. This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. All right. Hey, welcome to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. I almost forgot my name. Did I do that? Hey, let's start over. Hey, welcome to the Life Radio Show. <laughs> I'm your host, Don Smith. Hey, I got my name right this time. It's, it's, been, that, it's been a long, weird day for me, when, especially when I can't even remember my name. Here's the bad thing. I, I just got booked on another comedy show, and it'll be my first time going on stage since January. And I remember none of my material. So it looks like I'm doing all new stuff. And I got a week to prepare it. So that'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my my guest is on the line with me already. We have uh, Mike Miner, is it? Yep. How's it going? It's it's going good. I just... I forgot to get your name right before the show started, and usually I remember no, to do that. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> so you don't have a stage name or everything. It's not Mike. No. Mike no. Major. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's pretty minor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's not as not as minor as Smith. Smith is like one of the you know. <laughs> it's it's just common. Just very, I feel very common some days. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Uh, let's talk. Let's dive right in and talk a little bit about you. T- tell me something about you. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. First of all, um, I'm Mike. Like you said, uh, born and raised in northeastern Pennsylvania, um, small town Waymark. That's uh, where I grew up. Pretty much spent my whole life there. About 22 years. Um, born missing my right forearm just below the elbow. So, um, I know it's not easy for everyone to see since we're on the radio. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, never really let that stop me. Um, did sports all throughout when I was a kid, Uh, baseball, wrestling, soccer, uh, excelled pretty well at most of those sports too. And always, always was into skateboarding and started skiing actually at two years old. So kind of hit the ground running with all things to do sports and anything to do fun and action and adrenaline. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I spent most of my years around here. I went to college uh, at Penn State Worthington, which is a smaller uh, sub-college of Penn State. And uh, ironically, I actually got thrown out of a college for snowboarding on campus. I I (laughs) built a jump in the middle of the day and uh, a few of my friends and I were snowboarding and uh, we had the whole cafeteria, most of the school watching us, and uh, it kind of caught attention of some of the faculty and the dean, and the police ended up getting called, and one thing ended up leading to another, and uh, they ended up asking me to kind of resign from school, so 
Wow. That Yeah, that kind of branched out into the rest of this story that I'm about to tell you. Um, and I was just kind of working jobs around here at the Ski Mountain and uh, not really sure what I was going to do with my life at that point. And uh, my boss here at the time, I was working at Elk Mountain, and he told me, you know, when I was younger, I never went west. And I really think, like, you have the skill and the potential, and you're at that age that if you, you know, make the move that way, you're going to be putting yourself in the right position to kind of take off in the next few years. So I, I kind of took his advice to heart, and I came home one day and was with my ex-fiance at that time in my life and told my mom, uh, yeah, I'm packing the car, taking all the money that I got, and we're heading across the country to Colorado, and I'm going to become a professional snowboarder. And everyone literally thought I was the craziest person alive. They were like, you're nuts, man. Like, you have a tent and your dog and 2500 bucks, and you're like, you don't know anyone out there. And I was like, yeah, no, it's worth it. Like, you know, you only live once, and you got to chase a dream. And yeah, that's, uh, that's insane. <laughs> but it's one yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, it is. It taught me a lot. Um, so I moved out there and left everything I knew here. That was in 2013 and uh, made it out there. And obviously it wasn't, you know, all peaches and cream. It was definitely some rough times getting on your feet and getting the living situation going and everything, but kind of made it through all those rough times and uh, was working lift attendant at the uh, local mountain kind of near where I lived, Copper Mountain out there in <clears throat> Silverthorne. Uh, area up in Summit County, uh, Colorado, which is just outside of Denver. And uh, I was working lift attendant there and just kind of enjoying life, snowboarding and just kind of trying to network to the right people and ended up uh, meeting this nonprofit organization at that mountain locally, Adaptive Action Sports and kind of finding uh, the Paralympics and everything else with that side of snowboarding and the adaptive side of snowboarding. I really did not have any idea about adaptive snowboarding. And for those of you that don't know, um, adaptive snowboarding is just basically Paralympic snowboarding or people with any physical um, impairments. And uh, we do everything from, you know, snowboarding to skateboarding. Um, there's all sorts of adaptive sports out there. Um, but anyway, back to the story. Um, I ended up getting hooked up with them and it wasn't easy as well for them because they started begging me off the bat to snowboard for them. And I kind of was like, nah, I don't really do like snowboard racing. I'm more of like a freestyle snowboarder. I like to do tricks, jumps, you know, all that, all that fun stuff, all the stuff the kids right. like to do. Um, racing's more serious. And I didn't really think it was, you know, something I was going to be interested in. And uh, they kind of kept hounding me and kept at it and kept at it. And finally um, I was going through a pretty rough patch of my life. And I decided, you know what, uh, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I, I take them up on this and I maybe go do some stuff and get my career, you know, out the door. I ended up uh, saving, I think it was 1500 or 2500 bucks to go over to the Netherlands for my first World Cup. And uh, I won all of the races, the Europa Cup and both World Cups, um, nice. and was immediately named to Team USA uh, directly thereafter, which kind of started my whole... Um, craziness of a whirlwind of the last four to five years of my life, which has been competitive snowboarding around the entire globe. I think I've been to 15 or 16 countries um, in that short time. I have since then um, ended my last relationship and begin uh, a new relationship with this girl from Finland. 
and we are now engaged and I have a dog as well that travels around the world with me. He's a Chewini that I rescued from Colorado. So in the last four a years, Chewini. yeah, everything. I've not, I've not heard <laughs> Chewini before. That's so, nice. <laughs> so yeah, he's a Chihuahua Dachshund. Uh, they're actually quite common out there. A lot of people I uh, have him, and uh, yeah, I ended up rescuing him, and he's the coolest little dog ever. Um, he kind of travels around the world with me uh, pretty much for the last two years he's been doing that. Nice. I was with, yeah, I was with uh, Team USA for the two years prior to that. Uh, we were doing, like I said, we were doing the competitive World Cup racing up into the Paralympics, um, and then I... Uh, was doing pretty good there. I won world championships. Um, like I said, man, it has been a whirlwind of nonstop snowboarding and uh, events. So it's sometimes it's hard to list them all. Um, we, I think uh, I, I think total I have close to fifty um, podium finishes in the five years and uh, multitude of different awards through the Paralympics. Uh, I came home with two. Uh, medals from the Paralympics of gold and a bronze, one, uh, gold for bank slalom and a bronze for snowboard cross. And uh, I was also uh, one of the first men to make adaptive skateboard history last summer at X Games uh, for the first adaptive uh, skate park uh, medaling format that they had there last summer. So yeah, that's kind of been my story. It's just been a whirlwind of traveling. Um, yeah, tra meeting. traveling, snowboarding, what adaptive skateboarding. Yeah, so it's pretty much you know the title kind of sums it up. Um, yeah, adaptive skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's people who are basically yeah adaptive who enjoy skateboarding, and that ranges from man. There's guys that can't see, guys with no legs, guys with one arm, guys with one leg you know, guys with a leg below the knee, guys with a leg below, above the knee. Um, there's, you know, mm -hmm. girls who are skating as well. Um, it's just really a movement of adaptive people that we're trying to grow um, knowledge and uh, just show that, <clears throat> you know, there's definitely a side of adaptive uh, sports that can shine pretty well too. Right. As, as adaptive as the term now, because it that sounds like a new term for <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just a it's a nice blanket term um, for everything that we're doing because um, really you know all all of us are adapting in our own way to uh, to overcome whatever obstacles we face. You know, as far as for me, skateboarding and snowboarding, missing my arm um, comes down to really balance with everything. Uh, snowboard racing, it comes down to when I pull out of the gate, um, I don't have two arms to pull out with, and then once I'm pumping transitions and trying to hold my balance. Um, you know, that, that extra half of your arm definitely makes a difference. I would imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not into sports enough to know. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I've never, I've never tried snowboarding before. I've tried skiing years and years ago, but. Uh, yeah, the, the snow sports and the skateboarding and the action sports all together, I really think, uh, take a lot of discipline. I've been at them. Like I said, I started them all when I was, five uh, i started skateboarding at five and i started snowboarding at seven but i was also skiing from two to seven so i've basically wow. been in snow my entire life um you know they say it takes uh, ten thousand hours to master something and i think uh, i think that equals out to about 20 years of your life which 
I've put about, I think, 24 or five years on a snowboard almost now. And because um, I'm thir- I just turned 30 this last summer. So, yeah, that'd be about 20, yeah, 33 or 23 years. So, 23 years on a snowboard and then a few years skiing before that. So, and then obviously, uh, leading into the Paralympics and things like that, uh, we spend, you know, 400 consecutive days on snow while traveling and stuff. So, there was a point. For the last two years, I've pretty much lived in a suitcase. Uh, I've been living all over the world. <laughs> it's funny. People always be like, so where do you live? And I'm like, well, technically nowhere. But I was like, I live all over. <laughs> um, I call Colorado home. But like I said, my fiance lives in Finland. So I spend a lot of time there. I spent, I think, eight of the last 12 months last year in Europe um, before all the coronavirus hit. I was actually, a uh, crazy story, I was actually in Spain when all of this uh, kind of everything went crazy and Spain shut down. I made it out of Spain within like 24 hours before they shut the country down. Uh, I was there filming a skateboard um, video and uh, as that all happened, I ironically got injured skateboarding um, the day before so badly that I had to redirect all my plans and head to Finland um, to kind of do all my rehab. And as I headed there, they shut Spain down once I left. Uh, and then once I got to Finland, my friend called me from America and was like, hey, you're going to have to get on an airplane if you want to get back stateside because they're about to shut the whole world down. And I was just wow. like, well, I got my dog. I was like, I got my fiance. I was like, I'm going to stay here. So I ended up staying in Europe actually for two and a half months through the beginning of all the coronavirus and everything. And then I traveled home here to Pennsylvania uh, and then out to Colorado and then got in my truck did this whole big skateboard film through the West Coast, actually caught coronavirus um, in Southern California doing the skateboarding film. Uh, it caught it cut the, the film about in half of what we had originally planned. Yeah. And then uh, I had to pack all my stuff and travel back across the country. And now I am currently speaking to you back from Pennsylvania because that's where life has me at this moment. <laughs> yeah, that, how, how, how badly did the Rona affect you? Um, it wasn't too much. My filmer actually caught the brunt end of it. And uh, I hate to say this because we didn't even know that he had was dealing with it. So uh, what actually had happened was we were in Portland uh, when we think we he contracted it. And we were driving from Portland down to Southern California. And we were supposed to go to San Francisco. And those fires redirected our whole plans there. Right. So as, as we were driving through the wildfires, uh, we thought that we lost our smell. Uh, from the wildfire and all the smoke because I never seen that much smoke in my life it was like nine hours of just solid smoke my truck had like this black soot all over it when we got to LA it was crazy Um, so we kind of thought it was that and my filmer flew to Denver because he had a prior like filming engagement that he had to do and when he got home he had to get tested and his test came back positive which meant once that happened he couldn't travel back to us uh, the trip was over we had to quarantine so um I, I didn't face as much of any kind of sickness more just lost my taste and my smell but we also were kind of just near him we weren't like you know we were still being all cautious as we traveled but we were all in a truck together so we were right. we were definitely close but um 
yeah, we all dealt with it. We got the calls and we had to quarantine and all that fun stuff. So we did our, we did our bid. <laughs> we did our bid in jail. We did a lot of TV watching and uh, ate a lot of order and food. And then uh, we packed the truck up and we headed back across the country. Um, so at, I, at what yeah. point, at what point driving through all that smoke for nine hours, did you think, yep, I should have stayed in Finland? <laughs> uh, man. So that's, that trip was something I really wanted. Cause like I said, I just turned 30 this summer. So my goal was to get out there and film a skateboard film for myself, uh, for my 30th as like kind of a personal achievement type of thing. And, uh, Second day of the trip, I fell in Montana really bad and got really injured. And the trip kind of just progressively turned worse and worse mm -hmm. after that. So um, I ended up with a film. It's not exactly what I wanted it to be, but it will be debuting here next month um, with a larger entertainment company. I can't say exactly what yet, but um, right. yeah, we're, we're going to be debuting that with uh, with an action sports company and uh, getting it out there. Nice. And yeah, yeah. So it's something, and uh, it definitely taught me a lot. <laughs> it was the it was the hardest month of my life. Uh, I thought I was completely prepared for this thing. I spent months prepping, and then like <laughs> the road taught me a lot, man. It humbled me quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, and you and you had a fortunate injury in Spain. Otherwise, you wouldn't have got out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was that was wild too. Actually, we would have probably been quarantined there for a little bit. I know my friends. So uh, while all that was happening, and I was filming a skate thing in Spain, we also had a snowboarding race in Spain, and then one in the Netherlands, and or not in the Netherlands, in uh, Norway. Excuse me. And uh, so when I went from Spain to Finland, my friends went from. Um, Spain to Norway as the world was progressing with this whole coronavirus situation. So my friends from Italy, um, once they made the travel and Italy was the first to get hit, right. they were they were turned away from Norway and they were also not allowed to go back to Italy. So they were held in a hotel um, at the airport in Norway for two weeks before oh, wow. they were allowed to even return back to Italy. Yeah, it was kind of this whole – it was weird, man. It was really – it was really weird, interesting experience. And it was also weird to be that on the other side of the world and experiencing it and kind of watching, you know, it all happened there. And then like it kind of, you know, I watched it all then happen in America a few weeks later um, and everything. Yeah. So it's been, it's been interesting. It really has. Because I, th I think, I think Italy was one of the first ones to just completely shut everything down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They yeah, were definitely. Kinda... And of course, over here, we're all making fun of them. And then, of course, we get hit hard. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah man. it's it's hard because like, like I said, you know, I didn't get super sick. So but I, I know it's one of those things where it, it is something that is serious. So it, yeah. it isn't serious for everyone. And but it is it's one of those things where it's like it's almost it's everyone's responsibility to help, you know, progress it in a positive way instead of like a more negative way. Um, but even, dude, even over in in Finland and Europe and places that have been doing being precautious, though, um, they're still dealing with stuff. I talked to my fiance on the daily, and she's telling me, you know, countries are shutting down from the second wave and things like that. So um, it's just one of those real. It's just a really unfortunate situation, you know. No matter which way you cut cut it, it's it just stinks for everyone involved. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Know. I mean. Bus businesses that are that, i mean we just lost in the in the comedy world we just lost danger fields one of the iconic comedy clubs in america we just was just shut down 
Yeah, I'm it's, hearing a lot it's of. It's not going to reopen. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I'm part of I'm part owner of Wiley's Comedy Club here in Dayton, and I mean, we're we're struggling through this. We're we're remaining open, but we're still. I mean, it's it's an extreme challenge to just Man, keep uh, going. Have you guys tried any like web series stuff? I must wonder if that would be well, something people. It's it's really hard. I mean, it's really difficult to get that going because I mean. There are a lot of a lot of people that are doing like a live stream comedy show, but the thing is, you don't really have an audience, and that's just—it's mm -hmm. a and weird thing. The live performance with no audience—it's really. <laughs> oh, I I agree, man. They're doing the same thing with us. Um, you know, any of the events that we actually yeah. do have, there no no audience, just the athletes and the officials to work the events, and that's it. And uh, and that's the ones we're all we are having as of right now. That's kind of why I'm back home. Uh, they've canceled the next, I think, until at least January. All of my events have been canceled. And I was talking to people today, and they were just kind of telling me, you know, it's not really looking good um, for the other ones for the rest of the year either. So, it's yeah, it's kind of got me worried. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we've applied for my fiance's visa for her to move over this way. <laughs> and I uh, came home and got a job because I was like, man, I don't really know kind of what's going to happen with the action sports world. So. Yeah, and that's—I mean—the entertainment industry. A lot. It's—it's it's all been—it's all been just about devastated from this. I mean, yep. we'll rebuild it when yep. we can, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah in the meantime, no. it's just a lot of struggle. That's it. I think everyone's just kind of figuring out day by bit by day to you know how to make it and just well. figuring that out. So I, I mean, what what's what's your goal with the, the snowboarding? Are you still continuing on once everything's done? Are you doing what? What's the next step for you? Of course, um, snowboarding will always go, man. It's kind of so. The whole reason I got this far was de definitely had help, and and I'm not saying that I didn't, but a, a lot of it was self motivation and uh, self drive, dude. I've brought myself to this point, so like it's really weird. Like that trip I just told you about with the skateboarding. Um, I invested eight grand out of my pocket. Uh, no sponsors helped me with that film. Uh, I did it just strictly for the love. People are like, Oh, so you're going to get like money back for this. And I'm like, no, just cause like, cause I love it. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's so for me, it's, it's just about doing it and, and doing it as big as possible. Um, like I said, as of right now, I'm, I'm still training. So we'll see kind of where you know, everyone's at the mercy of COVID, uh, as of right, right now. But, uh, if, if races come back, man, I'm, I'm still going for it. Obviously we have Beijing next year, uh, for the 2022 Paralympics and, uh, this year is supposed to be our qualifying year. Um, so maybe we're just going to end up skipping this year and going right back into it. But, uh, yeah, the, the plan's still to, to keep snowboarding and doing that. Um, just, now, yeah. with with the races, I mean, are they, is it just because of spectatorship that that they aren't having those? Or yeah, and there's a lot with the with the, with COVID, it's like changing a lot. So we have to do a lot of testing. Um, and like uh, when we come into races, when we go out of races, quarantining things like that. When mountains hold events, they have to kind of quarantine for us specifically. So they're losing a lot of business. Um, so you're asking kind of like what you said. You're asking you know businesses to to sacrifice certain things for for right. a specific group and some businesses are just kind of saying, Hey, listen, this is going to kind of cost us too much money. Uh, we can't do that. Uh, so that's the reason I think a lot of races are getting canceled more so than, uh, 
the actual, because I have friends who are training right now in Austria. Um, so the traveling is not the issue. Um, I know athletes are uh, kind of under that exemption field where if you have, uh, if you can like prove that you have like competitions or proper reasoning to be over there. Um, and then you obviously go through your quarantining and everything. Um, they're allowing it, but, uh, they've canceled all of our races, specifically Paralympics, uh, or like adaptive snowboarding. Uh, I know my Olympic counterpart friends have competitions currently in Europe, uh, during these months. So I'm not, I can't give you the exact reasoning why, as I'm not you know, right. up there in, in the in the higher management, um, a lot of those decisions come down from Europe too, and we just kind of find out about them, and we're at the mercy of all that. So, um, that's about <laughs> that's about the extent of the answer I could give you for that. But uh, I hope personally that the races, some of them, happen this year. It'd be really nice to to maybe in the later part of the year have some yeah. more answers or or even a better just way of traveling or, or something yeah well it's yeah not, so, so, something to get back out to doing what you love to do because that's that's what we're all missing is is that outlet to do the things that we love right now yeah yep and that's it and and it, and it does man it's i've seen a big change in in everybody like um the kind of everyone's not uptight but you can see tensions are a little higher because like you said you know everybody doesn't get to do whatever it is that makes them happy you know a lot of people are stuck you know changing lives drastically and uh so yeah i just hope we all get some answers here positive yeah. in the future that's my prayer for us all yeah I, I, w I was one of the luckier ones because i was for my day job i was essential personnel but i still couldn't get on stage for comedy i couldn't had to shut the club down for a while uh, you know, couldn't get on film set. So yeah, it was all of the stuff that kept me sane outside of my nine to five job was all of a sudden gone. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, it takes its toll because when all you, I, that's why I don't think I could ever ha handle just doing a nine to five job and that's it. Yeah. That's kind of why we got to where we were at because, uh, my fiance and I before this had just been kind of enjoying uh, me traveling and her being in Europe and we'd meet up in all these different countries uh, when I'd be racing or whatever and, you know, spend some time and then I'd go home or this and that. And we did that right up until this uh, COVID happening. And once that happened, it kind of shook our boots to be like, all right, well, we kind of want to get one place or the other because not really sure where everything's lying. Right. So, so she's she's gonna come stateside. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, once they approve all that, so we had to wait a little bit because they closed all the uh, immigration stuff down here in the beginning stages of COVID. So we were kind of doing the whole like, yeah, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, <laughs> and then that happened, and we were like, oh crap, <laughs> we better do this. Yeah, we should we should have done this already. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically what we were saying. So as soon as it just opened here, I just literally did it last week, so it should be in now, and probably another five to seven months, and things should kind of be in motion. So nice. So what? Uh, when do you expect your video to be available, or is that st still way too far up in the air? Uh, yeah, I hope by like mid mid November it should be up on YouTube, and uh, obviously if if people kind of find me on social or whatever, uh, they should definitely be able to find it around on my Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I'll be, I'm always good about sharing links or putting links in my bio. Cool. Is there anything else you want to share before we go to break? 
Ah, no, man. I, I think, okay. yeah, yeah, no, I think we're pretty good at cover, covered most everything. Okay, well, I would just want to make sure we get the full story of Mike Miner, the major, yeah. the major story, all the hit all the majors <laughs> of Mike Miner. All the majors <laughs> of the minor. Oh, that's what they used to call me when I was a kid, major minor. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of nicknames. Yeah, well, that, that, that one makes sense because you definitely hit a lot of things really hard and got really good at them, it looks. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome I've, I've never been athletic I, I was good at uh, eating and telling jokes that's that's my uh, <laughs> mostly eating that was where I excelled the jokes came later uh, that's <laughs> All right. great well we'll go ahead and take a short break uh, so we can we can edit in the stuff we need and we will be back here shortly with, with more from Mike Miner and we will talk about some fascinating news stories or at least some news stories. Well, <laughs> we'll see how fascinating they are. But don't go anywhere. On the, you're on the Life Radio Show. We'll be right back. Yeah, so people, people keep asking me, hey, how, how do I find, find happiness in, in the world? Well, if you, if you want to bring happiness, in the, in the world, you, the, the first secret is that most 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 unhappiness is because you don't you know because you're, you're always wanting you're always wanting something you know I want stuff and people are always just trying to get stuff trying to get I want a fancy car I want a big fancy house and then they get mad because they don't have a fancy house and then they, and then they look at other people who have fancy houses and fancy cars and. I don't have that cool stuff. Well, if you just stop wanting all the stuff, then you won't, you won't be unhappy. You just say, "Hey, look at the stuff I got. I got, I got stuff. This is pretty cool. I got stuff." And uh, and then and then you start thinking about people who haven't got the kind of stuff you got. They got less stuff, or they got no stuff. And then you go, "Hey, I should, I should help them have stuff." And then and then you go and you. And you help those people who don't have stuff have some stuff, and then and then you find out you're actually pretty happy about helping other people get stuff. And then when they get stuff, they're like, "Hey, it's pretty cool. I got stuff." But you know, what I was really happy about is that people were being real nice to me, and that's I'm happier about the people. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go help other people. And that's that's the secret. Uh, to be happy is just you know just stop wanting stuff and just just be nice people okay okay so we're okay that was that was there that was the whole thing okay Never on my sleeve, it's easy 
Hey, this is Don Smith. I want to take a minute to tell you about The Devil's Apple, a new book by my friend William Morris. It's the true and brutally honest story about Bill's own battle with addiction. It was written for those struggling to overcome addiction as well as those watching a loved one struggle. In Bill's own words, you work just as hard to be an addict as you do to be clean and sober. You can find The Devil's Apple on Amazon.com and for a limited time you can get it for free on the Kindle app. You served your country with honor and now are trying to pry health care from the Veterans Administration. Did you know that Congress recently made changes to allow vets to get care outside of the VA services? The Nurses Guild of Florida is owned and operated by a Vietnam-era vet who knows how difficult it is to return to civilian life. Why not get your home health services from a five-star Medicare home health agency, the experts at home care, the Nurses Guild? Rather than wait in lines for care, the Nurses Guild will provide care to you in the comfort of your own home. PTSD, IV therapy, wound care, or post-amputation therapy, no matter your diagnosis, we can help. A nurse will be assigned to you, visit you at home to assess your needs, and work directly with you to develop a personalized plan of care. Here at the Nurses Guild, we have nurses from every specialty, so no matter your diagnosis, we have the right caregiver for you. The nurses, therapists, and home health team of the Nurses Guild is ready to serve you. All of our essential health care workers are fully screened, supervised, and COVID tested. Call the Nurses Guild today to arrange your home health visit at 954-596-9806 for Broward County and 561-826-8937 for Palm Beach County. Remember, health care put off is health care too late. Stay safe during the pandemic. Wear a mask and insist those around you wear a mask. Wash your hands frequently and stay home as much as possible. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Chris Fristali of Breaking the Fourth Wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side. Hi, this is Haywood Banks at Wiley's Comedy Club in Dayton, and you're listening to the Life Radio Show at WWSU, Dayton's right choice. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. We are still zooming right along with Mike Miner. Uh, we are going to cover some fascinating, fascinating news stories. I might be overselling it. We <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm, I'm trying to get people pumped up. For these news stories, because you know, you never know what you never know what you're going to come across. I don't know if we talk too much about how I do these news stories, Mike. These are stuff that I'm pulling them up online and reading them as you know. I'm pulling them up as we're talking, so I'm going into these as as blind as anybody else. I have never seen these before either. So, <laughs> hey, sounds sounds great. Uh, we're we're both hitting these with no prior knowledge. A 2,350-pound pumpkin called the Tiger King has been named the winning pumpkin in a competition. Uh, Travis Geinger of Minnesota, uh, who grew the pumpkin, told CNN he felt honored to win after he decided to enter the contest in Northern California since it's known as the Super Bowl of Pumpkins. He took home... One, uh, he took home $16,450 in winnings for the first prize in the pumpkin growing competition, or $7 per pound, 
by the pay-by-the-pound system. <laughs> Apparently, they pay by the pound for pumpkin contest winners. Geiger uh, <laughs> uh, uh, added that he named the winning pumpkin after the Netflix series The Tiger King because he noticed it might have striped. He noticed it might have striped collar. It might have. We're looking at it in a picture. It doesn't. <laughs> but it oh. might have. So I guess a lot of things might have. I'm gonna, oh. you know, I'm, I'm gonna name my work truck Maserati because it might have been one. Well, at least Joe Exotic won something. <laughs> right. I, well, I, he won a lot of hearts in prison. I'm sure. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the, the, did you watch the Tiger King? I did actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not lie. My uh, profile picture was uh, me and Dinky. Uh, I was photoshopped onto Joe Exotic's face, and I had Dinky's face photoshopped onto a tiger. Uh, so yeah, that was that was one of my uh, COVID uh, time passers there in the beginning. I got quite hooked. I definitely yeah. would say I'm team. I'm team Joe if I had to pick one side or the other. So. Well, the, the, I, I watched it because I wasn't sure if it would have more shelf life. And I thought, eventually I'm going to get back on stage and everybody will have seen this thing. So I might as well watch it. So I, I got to admit, it was really it was really entertaining. That's for sure. It, it was wild. It was, it was crazy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there are some firearms that will fire without a clip in. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was that was one of the most insane moments of that whole series. That was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. The whole the whole thing was just kind of like, I I like my fiance would go to work and she'd come home and she'd be like, "You're watching that show, aren't you?" And I'd be like, "So like, I'd be like, babe, babe, like you you got to see what what happened on today's episode." And she'd be like, "You're like going nuts over the show," and I'm like, "It's." It's so nuts. I'm like, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I binged out on it for about a week. And, uh, and then after that, I kind of faded off. <laughs> she, that whole time she just referred to you as a typical American. <laughs> she was just laughing. Watching she, that kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, she, she puts up with my antics. There, so. <laughs> I, I think that's the secret to life is just finding somebody that puts up with your antics. That's really, that's it. <laughs> I've tried it twice. Neither of them could last. They couldn't hang with my antics. So that's a, I, I would change my antics, but I'm 44. I'm kind of set with them now. So yeah, yeah. Don't blame you. Don't change for no one. Exactly. A Zamboni uh, was caught on camera bursting into flames on an ice rink in New York while the driver rode it. <laughs> Ouch. The incident occurred Wednesday during a youth hockey practice, according to uh, sources. Uh, while I drive, just sources, really? Okay, <laughs> that's kind of vague. According to sources, uh, while a driver was using the Zamboni to clean the ice rink at Bill Gray's Regional Iceplex in Rochester, New York, Rochester Fire Department Lieutenant Ryan Fleming said no one was hurt, including the driver who continued driving the machine off the rink to a maintenance area while it was on fire, and a couple of youth hockey players who were on the rink at the time. So, <laughs> Yeah, they need I, to I get guess, that guy a raise. Yeah, definitely. If if you if you're on a burning Zamboni and you think I better get this to maintenance, <laughs> yeah, give that guy a raise. He's worth it. Fleming said the Zamboni driver put the fire out himself after he got to the maintenance area. 
So hey, good. Yeah, that guy definitely needs a raise. This guy is, yeah, dude. He's a jack of all trades, firefighter and a stuntman. Yeah. He's like he's like the J- James Bond of Zamboni drivers. Yeah, what are they like? Of that because of Fleming on here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <but> that is. <laughs> Give that guy hazard pay. Yeah, definitely. He he has earned that with his with his firefighting Zamboni driving feet. <laughs> Oh, what <laughs> good guy. That that takes a lot of bravery to to to, to keep driving a, a burning Zamboni. But we'll go on to something that's that's much more I don't even know what this one is. It's much more something. Brazilian Senator uh Chico Rodriguez uh was caught in a police raid with money hidden between his butt cheeks on Wednesday. A judicial source uh briefed briefed good good choice of words a brief <laughs> on, <laughs> a judicial source briefed on the matter told, told Reuters amid an investigation into misuse of covid-19 response funding in the senate rodriguez represents the state of uh, roraima 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 yeah and has <laughs> has also been chosen as deputy leader for the agenda of the administration of president Jair bolsonaro uh, who won the presidency campaigning heavily on ending the corruption of previous governments. Uh, Rodriguez confirmed in a statement that his house was raided without giving details. He denied wrongdoing and said he had been cleaning throughout his, uh, he had been clean throughout his 30 years in politics. His office did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the cash allegedly found down his pants. An incident that was widely reported in major Brazilian newspapers citing unnamed sources. They're unnamed sources again. According to sources, he had money stuffed between his cheeks. Uh, squirreling it away for the winter, I guess. That was... How do you <laughs> how do you stand there and say that, 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 that I had nothing to do with corruption while you're hiding money in your butt cheeks? Hey, maybe they're dealing with TP shortages down there too. That could be. That could be. <laughs> COVID, <laughs> man, sure. times are tough, you know. I'm not sure what the Brazilian dollar is worth nowadays, but <laughs> oh, that's a, it's uh, a great spot, I guess, to hide it. Yeah, that's. I mean. Eventually, they'll get around to looking there, but it's probably oh, not the first place to check. Yeah. First, <laughs> first, he has to be debriefed. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else. What else do we have? I, I'm trying to see. There, there is no. Uh, uh, yeah, he, the police, the president, the president Bolsonaro said the police raid was evidence that his government was fight was fighting was fighting graft i don't who wrote this uh, there is no corruption in my government and we fight corruption whoever it is well if there's no corruption in your government who are you fighting <laughs> i think he's he's talking out of both sides of his mouth there and it's getting a little confusing <laughs> reminds me of that episode from parks and rec when that guy comes up from Badaraqua. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen that episode and I'm sure I have. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Oh, uh, it is. It is quite hilarious. <laughs> oh. All right. 
Ooh, giant fish. These are all, that's always fun. Uh, the local government of Wareham, a town in southern Massachusetts, Plymouth County, has asked locals to please stop calling the police about a big blobby fish. <laughs> big blobby fish that has been spotted minding its own business in coastal waters. Uh, the fish, a whopper of a creature that has attracted dozens of uh, emergency calls since Monday from locals mistaking it for a shark or a seal, according to the Cape Cod Times, is an ocean sunfish, uh, formerly known as the genus name by the genus name Mola. The ocean sunfish Mola Mola, why not, uh, can grow to nearly 10 feet in length, weighing in at more than a stunning 4,400 pounds. That's a big fish. Uh, sightings of the monstrously sized swimmer began popping up on Wareham's Broad uh, Cove, with enough local call enough locals calling 911 to eventually eventually warrant personnel from the Wareham Department of Natural Resources to take a look. That is a huge fish. Yeah, they are pretty big fish, actually. I'm quite into uh, marine marine life, and once you said sunfish, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I I know exactly what that fish is doing." And it's a strange looking fish too. That is, they are. Yeah, they are actually. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It, it keeps popping the sound up every time I every time I. No, yeah, that, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Have you have you actually seen one of these? Not in not in person, but uh, on the internet. Gotta love Google, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you it's can. A, you, it's a dark wormhole, man. <laughs> Yep, yep, don't <laughs> what what do they call it? The blobby fish. Don't don't uh don't Google <laughs> don't Google big blobby fish. That's <laughs> oh. I'm gonna write that down. That's a potential show title. <laughs> don't Google big blobby fish. That's how I come up with my show titles on here. So sometimes something dumb gets said and I think that's fun. Hey, when inspiration hits, man, when inspiration hits. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll call it that. We'll call it inspiration. <laughs> you never know when a million dollar idea has struck the notepad. That is true. That is true. I'm I'm trying to get the this this I'm done with this website cuz you know, the last couple times I pulled this, this is Sky News. I can't get it to work. There are news stories on here I want to get to that it just won't let me. Uh so we'll find a uh We'll try to help find a lemur. <laughs> if anybody wants to, the San Francisco Zoo and Gardens is offering a reward to, reward to anyone who helped police locate its missing lemur. Uh, tips and the police are, oh, the, the zoo, okay. The, it's not the police lemur. <laughs> uh, tips and any other information provided to the San Francisco Police Department that lead to the safe recovery of the zoo's 21-year-old lemur, Maki, uh, will be rewarded $2,100. I guess a hundred dollars for every year. That's <laughs> hey, well, that that says that, which is an amount that was okay. That's silly. I was just saying it to be silly. They were actually silly in picking that amount. Well, honestly, yeah. if I found a lemur, I probably wouldn't give it back. <laughs> that'd be the next thing. That, that'd be the next thing traveling the world with me. I'd be Chilean right. lemur. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep, yeah, that would be. The lemur would ride the Chewini, so it'd be like you know. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm writing down lemurs right a lemur riding a Chewini too, so because yeah. that's that's yeah. also a good title. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
what we do here band titles and show titles that's that's it a lemur riding a chewini <laughs> uh, we're extremely concerned about Maki's welfare, said Tanya M. Peterson, the CEO and executive director of San Francisco Zoological Society, uh, in a press release. After a thorough investigation yesterday by SFPD, uh, we feel a reward will hopefully help uh, to generate some leads, as this is a precious life at stake. Absolutely. We, we hope that uh, Maki can make it home as a, a, a male ring-tailed lemur discovered missing on Wednesday morning. So keep an eye out for a lemur. And if you ever seen a lemur, they have huge eyes. So that's <laughs> again, if you find that lemur, my address is 30 minor drive. There, <laughs> yeah. <Raymark, Pennsylvania>. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, we're we're going to find, we're going to find you the lemur. That's, that's <laughs> our, our new goal here. <laughs> um. Trust me, Dinky will love it. He's all about that kind of stuff. Uh, he met some, he met some otters at the San Francisco Aquarium, and they were both of them were like he was blown away by the otters, and the otters were so. It was really cool, actually. Like you could see how like immediately the otters were like, oh man, like somebody do to hang out with, and they were like sniffing my dog like almost through the glass, and like they were like all interested, and then they'd like jump in the water and swim around them and stuff. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, he needs a he needs a lemur. He needs a That's lemur it. in his life. Yeah. <laughs> then he all got some crazy animals. Dinky's down to hang out with him. There you go. There you go. I, I yeah. I, I think a lemur would go good with with a with a chihuahua or a, a wiener dog, and even better with a chihuahua. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely loves all sorts of animals, that's for sure. He, in Colorado, his best friend was a fox. I'm not even kidding you. Um, I'd find them out in the, in the road together, like, hanging out. And I had to yell at them multiple times. My neighbors probably thought I was the craziest person ever. I'd be running down the road yelling at the fox, leave the dog alone! And, like, the two of them would be out in the road together, like, and I'm like, this is, like, I can't even make it up. It's the craziest. Like, people wouldn't even believe me. Like, you know, you try to tell them, they're like, yeah, right. I'm like, no. Nah. Are you, are you sure they were, are you sure they were trying to be friends? Cause that, that yeah. sounds like some kind of a, that sounds like some kind of a neutral territory where they meet to settle a feud. No, not even man. It was the craziest thing. Cause I thought that at first and uh, the one morning we were working about six thirty, and uh, I seen the Fox out on the road and I couldn't find Max and I walked up there and two of them were standing legit, just standing like a foot apart, just standing there, like looking at me like, eh, what's up? <laughs> like, and I was like, you like get away from him. And then, like, they kind of, like, the fox, like, had a little mouse in its mouth. And he was like, all right, I'm going home. And, like, went home. And, like, Max was like, all right, I'm going home. And, like, he went home. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is crazy. That's Ooh. funny. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll hit one more news story and see what we got. I reported on so something similar to this before, but here's another one. A person who appeared to be flying with a jetpack was reported near Los Angeles International Airport on Wednesday, according to the FAA. It was the second time a person had been has been reported flying with a jetpack near LAX since late August. Uh, China China Airlines crew reported seeing the person at an altitude of about six thousand feet, uh, seven miles northwest of the airport, at about one forty-five p.m. Wednesday. The FAA said uh, the identity of the rogue flyer or flyers if it even really was a person, remains a mystery. Uh, the FAA said it had alerted local law enforcement who were looking into the report. In an earlier incident, an American Airlines pilot called in air, air, to air traffic control on August 31st 
after their plane, quote, just passed a guy in a jetpack, according to radio communications obtained by Fox 11 Los Angeles. The pilot said the jetpack-clad person was only about 300 yards from the jet. So, wow, the jetpacks, it's about time. <laughs> That's actually nuts. I actually heard of this story, uh, and apparently, yeah, both times they just have no idea, like, who or what this person was or like which is wild to me that you know people are doing this stuff and they don't they don't even have any idea you know like who it is like (laughs) i just hear this stuff and i'm like honestly though with the way this year has been i can't even say this kind of stuff faces me anymore that is true yeah i think this year is is preparing us for something down the road (laughs) i hear about that kind of stuff like i think they didn't they like release that like documents that the ufos are real like the government did or something during all this too and like nobody even cares about like it's so wild it's like yeah we knew (laughs) it's just like yeah it's it's wild so actually over over here i have i have a retired air force uh official in charge of one of its most famous ufo research efforts said before his death last year that the effort may have been scuttled, not because it was fruitless, but just the opposite. In a clip from the documentary The Phenomenon, Lieutenant Colonel Robert Friend pointed to a sudden closure of Project Blue Book in 1969, which would suggest what, he asked, uh, before answering his own questions, they knew what it was. So apparently, yeah, he's trying to tell us that, yep, they're real. (laughs) Yeah, and that was how many years ago? (laughs) Yeah. It's actually funny that we just did this segment because this morning I was watching on TikTok like uh, these this little segment of videos about interesting news that you probably didn't hear of. Um, and th- there was all these – they found some new bird that was like prehistoric or something that was like almost 30 feet um, like wingspan or something like massive, massive bird. They found it I think in Washington or somewhere. Um, and then something about 28 – they found like 28 new planets that are almost like better well-equipped for – uh, like life than earth is and then something about like a uh, supernova from like 75 million miles away or something and it took like se- i don't know i've been like watching a ton of videos all day packing my brain with all random info <laughs> it's it's good for you that's that's a healthy use of your time <laughs> yeah snap a lid <laughs> Yeah, that, no, that that is, that is fun though. It's it is good to get all this information. But yeah, this, I I do firmly believe this year is is uh, preparing us for something. I don't. I have no idea what. I mean, if it's the apocalypse, I don't know. If it's you know, some some religious figure second coming, I, I you know, it's uh, there's something there's something about to happen. It's right around the corner. Definitely prepared my patience. That's for sure. <laughs> That maybe that's what it is. It's just preparing us to be. It's life lessons that we're learning. <laughs> I yeah, I can say that's definitely the one thing out of this whole thing. I think we've all like you know, in some way, shape, or form. Not to say we've all had it, you know, the same, but uh, I think it's kind of one of those situations where everyone's like affected by it. Oh, so yeah. it's like one of those like where everyone's in it together, whether or not you know the situations obviously maybe worse and, and better for certain individuals but uh yeah it's kind of the one thing i think in the history of of our existence really um that's brought like you know that everyone has had to deal with yeah next to like other plagues and stuff obviously but um it's been a real long time since all that stuff oh yeah 
Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a couple minutes right now. If you have any social media, any websites you want to throw out there, anything you want to promote, I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that right now. Uh, this time is yours. Cool. So yeah, um, if you guys want to follow me, uh, I'm on Facebook, Mike Miner, obviously. Um, on Instagram, I'm Gnarly Nubby, and it's G-N-A-R-L-Y-N-U-B-B-Y. Um, my dog's Instagram is Dutor Dinky, um, as well as his TikTok is Dutor Dinky. Um, my TikTok is A Minor Inconvenience. Uh, yeah, so that's all of my... Oh, I'm on Twitter too, but I don't really use it too much, so... I mean, you guys can follow me if you want, but uh, you probably won't see too much. I think the last thing I posted on there was the story about Max and the Fox. <laughs> so <laughs> that's about it for social. Um, I'm on YouTube as well. Uh, there's about three or four videos, though, unfortunately. Um, once we get this film going, I'll have a, a few more things to put on there. So, so they're your snowboarding videos? or. Yeah, so they're on YouTube. Um, there's a mix of my longer videos that I've I have shared on Instagram in the past, but uh, you can only do the one minute section, so you have to do like one minute, one minute, one minute, basically. Um, so I'll share those longer videos to YouTube to kind of watch the, because like the skateboarding edit that I just went and put together that will be about uh, three and a half minutes. So obviously I can upload that to like Facebook, but uh, not Instagram. And whatnot. So once uh, we premiere that uh, and it's good to go, then I'll upload it on YouTube and put the bio uh, or the link in my bios on all my social. And then I'll upload it to other things like Facebook and whatnot. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and it's great getting a chance to talk to you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It was great talking to you. And hopefully we'll, we will be all through all of this nonsense and, and and very soon and and you'll be able to hit the slopes again and hit the hit all the competitions and get back out there and do what you love to do yeah man i hope for us all that we kind of get back to uh back to speed with everything it'd be nice be good uh, for everyone so yeah, we will get there and we'll end yep. on a positive note <laughs> patience 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 that's that's, there you go <laughs> All right, thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. Like I keep telling you guys, if you're going to keep listening, I'm just going to keep making them. All right, have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. me the brutal presence God's gonna sound so bad